Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. It's uh, Connect Group Weekend, and I just want to share with you why this message is so important to me. And it's kind of personal. My father is um, 82 years old. He is, without a doubt, the greatest man I've ever known. He truly is my hero, and that's not just a saying. He is. But when my dad was a young boy, uh, he lost a younger brother at about the age of one. He passed away. And then six months later, his mother, at the age of 22, passed away. And so we don't know why. The family doesn't really know why. But for some reason, his father left his three-year-old son, my dad, in Ireland with relatives and moved away to England. So in the space of six months, my father lost his whole family. And that began a journey all the way through his life till he joined the army where he moved from relative to relative to relative. And one of the things that my dad, I think, learned and internalized as a young boy was that pretty much in life, if it's going to happen, I better make it happen because I'm pretty much on my own. And that served him well. My dad did very well in life. He met the Lord after he came out of the army, married a, my mom who was a Christian, and God has blessed this man. But one thing that he had was a fierce sense of independence. And how many of you know sometimes we teach by just modeling? And one of the things that he passed on to his children, and I'm one of them, is he passed on this sense of being very independent, and I can tell you it took me about 20 years of following Christ before I figured this out, that me and God alone were not enough to always get where we needed to get. We were not enough to always be able to overcome everything that was thrown away. That in the kingdom of God, we were never meant to live an independent life, but we were meant to live an interdependent life upon one another. And so that's why at this church, no matter what your age is, this rings true for you, that circles are absolutely better than rows. Because in rows, we do what we do this morning. We're here to, to gather and to celebrate, and that's so necessary. But in circles, we end up supporting one another, connecting to one another, caring for one another, giving accountability to one another. And in rows, we get to make friends. Hey, let's meet and greet. Hey, my name is Graham. How are you? We get to know people. Hey, how you doing? And it's great to have friends, but in circles, we make family. And we need to have both. And so we believe here that we are literally better together. And I want to try and unpack that for you this morning. And here's the main thing that I want you to walk out of here thinking today, and it's simply this. We are called to be a part of the body, not apart from the body. We're called to be a part of the body, not apart from the body. So I want to go to the book of Judges. Whatever kind of Bible you have, you can turn there if you'd like. And uh, one of the main reasons that you and I need to be connected to one another is for our safety and our protection. Now, my wife and I recently have been home shopping, and we found a place and put a bid on it, was accepted. And how many know, when you're going to move somewhere, you want to find a place that you like, and you also want to find a place that you can afford. 
And so the tribe of Dan was one of the 12 tribes that had been assigned to go possess a territory, but they hadn't been able to do it. And so they decided to send out five spies of their own, and they were looking for a city that they could, number one, enjoy living in, and secondly, where they could beat up on the guys in that city and take it for their own, all right? So they came across a city, and I want you to see why they chose this city, because I think it's very significant to what we're saying today. And in Judges chapter 18, verse 7, it says, The five men left there and came to the city of Laish, and they saw that the people lived there without a care. These people were like the people of Sidon. They were peaceful and secure, and there was no one around who threatened to take away their property by force. They were far from the people of Sidon and totally independent. Now, if you go on to read that story, you're going to find out that they absolutely took that city down. Why? Because these people were somewhat related to the Sidonians, but for some reason they let that relationship fall off long ago, and they had no, no one around to protect them. And by the way, they thought they were doing so well they didn't need anyone. See, that's how I used to think. I'm doing just fine in my Christian life. I don't really need you. But I can tell you that's not biblical thinking. That's not kingdom thinking. It's not correct. Now, the Bible tells us that the enemy walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he's looking for someone to devour. And when you watch animals hunt, who do they devour? The one that separates from the pack. Listen, when I look at that, I realize that some people are edible and some people are not edible. Now, I'm a graham cracker, but I'm not an edible graham cracker, all right? Although my wife calls me honey graham, so I don't, whatever, you know. But we all know that that's true in the spiritual and in the natural. You know, I know there's a lot of Amish in Pennsylvania and Ohio, and I don't claim to be an Amish expert. Uh, you know, some of you probably even grew up Amish for all I know. But uh, I think I'm pretty close to an expert, and the reason I feel that confident is I have seen a few episodes of the Amish Mafia, and so I feel like I could talk about this kind of, you know, society and culture. And one of the things that they use is something, and I believe they use it wrongly, but they use something that's called church discipline by shunning, which is to cut off somebody who refuses to repent. That's an open rebellion. And the idea is to cut them off from community and that that being cut off from community would be so devastating to them that it would awaken them and that they would come to a place of repentance. And we see that work in the, in the book of First and Second Corinthians. And even in the penal system, solitary confinement is considered punishment. And yet, there are a lot of us sitting here today, and I was one of you, who we have kept people at arm's length. Maybe we've been wounded. Maybe we've been hurt. Maybe people have stabbed us in the back. You know, we've all got a story or multiple stories. And you know what? For that reason, we've decided we don't need anyone. Just me and God are enough. But you know, it's not true. And you know, listen, you can either get bitter or you can get better. And the way you're going to get better is by connecting with one another. And that's why we want to not just say we're better together. That's easy to say. But we want to live it out here. We want to create a culture that you can get in on it. And we're facilitating that for you this whole weekend so that it is the easiest thing you've ever done to start getting connected to one another. Because when you least want it, you're going to need it. I promise you that. 
You know, as a society, we have never been more connected because of social media and never more disconnected all at the same time. A study was done between 1985 and 2004, and it found out that the average American had 30% less friends than they did in 1985. Now, 2004, that's 10 years ago. How many would agree that social media has exploded since then? So what's happening? We have less real connections, and we really need those connections. In fact, there was a sad story that I read. There was a lady in England by the name of Joyce Vincent, and in 2003, she was sitting down watching the BBC, and she was opening her Christmas letters. Now, Joyce Vincent was a young lady in her early 30s, and she passed away that day. And nobody knew it until 2006, when they walked in and found her skeleton with all those letters. How can that happen? How could we be so disconnected that somebody could die and no one would notice for three years? Come on, guys. We need one another. Listen, we were never called to be apart from the body. We're called to be a part of the body. All right? All right. Let's try to go to something positive now. <laughs> I want to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. And it says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord or a rope of three strands is not quickly broken. Now, when I was growing up, occasionally there were fights where I lived. And whenever there was a fight going down, if you were the fighter or you had a friend fighting, here's what we would say to one another, I've got your back. That was very important for someone to have your back in a fight. And uh, that really comes from a military term, which is, I've got your six. Because in the military, the guy that's out front leading is moving at the 12. And so he's, he's got a 180 here perimeter. But the guy that's at his six is his brother in arms. And he's got his back. And he will defend his brother with his life. And I'll tell you, when you're going into battle and someone has your back, and you're not all by yourself, you're not so easily overpowered. And if you have more than one good friend, it's even harder to break you down. Now, I am so thankful that I have not been in a fight since I got saved at the age of 19. I'm thankful for that. But I got to tell you, I almost got into a fight before church once. It's not what you're thinking. Now, my wife is not in this service, and I know none of you will tell her this, but I'm going to tell you this. She made me late. <laughs> Just kidding. But I was about 23, 24 years old. We were newly married, and we had our son Stephen in a little car seat, and I was leading worship that morning, and we got out of the house a little bit late. How many of you have ever read the King James Version, which says, Thou shalt not go to church with thine family, for thou shalt be late if thou doest that. Took me a while to learn that. I started leaving without him, all right? But I, I was doing the guy thing, you know, which is putting the pedal to the metal, and I'm flying, man, to get there on time, right? And uh, so I made one of those kind of quick turns where your wife goes, <gasps> you know, like that. And, uh, and apparently the guy that I turned that quick in front of to get into the church parking lot didn't appreciate it. 
Well, most of the time, people just drive on, right? So next thing I know, in my rearview mirror, this cat has made a U-turn, flipped around, and come back up behind me. I'm like, are you serious? And of course, I got out, and I did the mature thing. I said, sir, I'm very sorry. That was totally on me. That was my bad. Please forgive me. I'm really sorry. No, I didn't do that. I wish I would have done that, but somehow my old street instincts kicked in, and I said, a fight is about to happen here. I jumped out in my Sunday best, blew up my chest at all of about 165, 70 pounds of pure muscle and cardio, and I'm like, it's about to go down, and I'm like, what's up? And this guy starts jawing at me, and he's going at me. Well, I learned a long time ago as a fighter that, uh, you know, you can't always judge a book by its cover. There's some guys that don't look like much, and they will whip you. And then there's some guys that are big and strong-looking, and they're nothing. So I don't ever go into a fight thinking I know. I'm like, hey, I don't know what's going to happen here. I, I, he could take me out, or I could take him out. But I'm like, I'm out of my car, so I'm committed right in front of church. And he's talking and probably thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, out of my periphery, I've got two brothers. My younger brother, my little brother, 6'2", about 250, 260. He's a big boy. I'm the little brother, by the way. And my older brother is my height, but he's double wide and thick. And we're in our 20s, guys. We were in the martial arts, and he went way on, and he still loved to fight, even though he was a pastor. And uh, I can remember him in those days. I think he was squatting about 500. We would work out together, and I'd get nervous. The bar would start to buckle as he was squatting almost 500 pounds. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, the adrenaline's going on. I don't know what's about to go down here. This guy could take me. I could take him. I don't know what's about to happen because one can be overpowered. And all of a sudden, I see my big brother pull up, and I'm like, whoop. And my big brother sees something about to go down. He jumps out real quick with his game face on and goes, what's up? <laughs> that guy sees him, whoop stops, bam, he's out of there. Yeah, because about that time, I'm, my confidence level just boosted. I was like, yeah, what's up, fool? Come on, man. We're about to throw down. Like, yeah, that's right. You go ahead and run now. <laughs> you know what? Two are better than one. And spiritually, that's true. You know, one of the things that we did when I was a young boy was for probably six years, we would camp every year in Northern California. One of our favorite places to camp was Yosemite. And we just loved that. We were city boys, and we'd go up there and get to do all the things you couldn't do in the city or weren't supposed to do in the city. And uh, we just loved it. You know, it was so awesome. I, when we, I don't know why we stopped. I think my mom just got tired of the whole camping thing, and we never camped again. But what we would do is every year we'd go look at these Sierra Redwoods, and I've got a picture up behind me. That particular picture is... A, is of a redwood that's the oldest one. It's called General Sherman. It's estimated to be between 23 to 2,700 years old. And these redwoods can grow in a diameter of 20 feet around, and they can grow up to 370 feet high. Now, they outlive all kinds of other trees by thousands of years. And I got to thinking about that. Why? What is it about the redwoods? Well, there's several factors for why they do better but I want to read to you a quote from the California Department of Parks and Rec. And listen to why they say one of the reasons why these redwoods live so much longer. These trees have shallow root systems that extend over 100 feet from the base, intertwining with the roots of the other redwoods. This increases their stability during strong winds and floods. Well, think about it. How many trees get taken out during a high wind or a flood? A lot of them. These trees have literally wrapped their roots around one another. And so when the storms come, 
they literally, literally hold each other up. Woe to the Christian who thinks that they've got their act so together that they and their relationship with God alone is enough to sustain them with the storms and winds of life come. They will probably fall and pity the person who stumbles and falls and has no one to pick them up. See, we need to wrap other believers around our relationship with God. Pastor Craig Rochelle tells a story about how a friend of his called him up one day, guy he went to college with, performed his wedding ceremony, and this guy called him up and he said, he said, Craig, you're an old friend of mine, and I just felt like I owed it to you because you've been so good to us. I felt like I didn't want you to hear this secondhand, but you know, my wife and I have just not been happy for years. We've just been really unhappy. And he said, what I want to do is I want to let you know that I'm about to get a divorce. He said, I want to get a divorce. So here's what a lot of people would do, right? The people at the water cooler would have told his friend, hey, your wife's having an emotional affair with someone. Man, you ought to just leave her right now. You ought to just take off. And guess what her friends were telling her? They said, that guy's such a jerk. He's such a, he doesn't get it. He doesn't deserve you. You should leave him. But you know what? Pastor Craig had a relationship with God and had integrity. You know what he did? He didn't say that to her. What he said to her, what he said to his friend was this. He said, you've been chasing money, and you've been at the NFL on, on the football field watching games on Sunday morning when you should have been in church. And you need to repent to your wife. And you need to repent to God. And you need to start leading your family back into church. And you need to get your priorities right. And you know what? That guy actually listened to his correction, did what he said. And one year later, his whole family was serving God. And his marriage had been healed. But what if that guy was about to fall like that and he had no one with an integrity of relationship, a person who knew God who would speak truth into his life? What would have happened? He would have ended up being a statistic. See, we need people in our lives. We need people to speak the truth to us. I can tell you this, that um, last year was one of the most challenging years of my life. And I could be honest with you, I would not be where I am today had I not built some great relationships with people like our pastors Pastor Mark, Dr. Ken Eichler, these are mentors of mine who helped me walk through those tough times. You know, I could have tried to figure it out on my own, but I don't think it would have worked. One of the things that I want to let you know this morning is you are part of a body for a reason. And we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12 in just a second. But Paul gives us an analogy here of the human body, and he's saying that hands and feet and eyes are all meant to work together. How many of you know there's something that my hand is getting from my forearm and so on, all these different... We're all getting, we're all giving something and receiving something as a body. And so if you're disconnected from the body, you can never reach your full potential and you can never really carry out the full will of God. There's over 30 New Testament commands that you cannot keep unless you're connected to other believers. Now, I want to show you something here. We're going to read a scripture in just a second. Ryan, can you give me a hand for just a second here? Thank you. All right. <laughs> what, what did you think I meant? It's right. a good son. He gave me a hand. 
This is a, this is a hand, and uh, comes from Hollywood, and uh, it's a little bloody stump here. But this hand right here, doesn't it look, this hand looks normal, doesn't it? But doesn't this look kind of freaky? It just doesn't seem right, does it? Is the, and, and what can this hand do on its own? I mean, you could talk to the hand, but can the hand talk to you? No, the hand can't talk to you. If I put this hand right here and I say, hey, you want to go out for a cup of coffee? Come on, can't you talk? You know, it can't do much on its own because it's disconnected because it was never meant to be apart from the body. It was meant to be a part of the body. You see that? We can all see how simple that is, but some of us in our minds are still not convinced that we actually need other people. Yes, you do. If you don't, then you're disconnected. So let's read that verse in 1 Corinthians 12. It says this in verse 21, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. If you think like I thought many years ago that you don't really need other people, then you're not thinking correctly today. You need other people. I want to close with this illustration. A friend of mine was a mechanical engineer, went to our church, and I started talking about riding motorcycles. I've been watching American Chopper, Faith Comes by Hearing. And so I said, I want a Chopper or Harley. And he's like, well, I build BMWs. Would you like me to build one with you? And I said, sure. So I'd go over there. He was the brains of the operation. I just sanded tanks and turned bolts and all that stuff. And so we're sitting there one day, and he just starts complaining about his job like crazy. I'm like, and this guy was brilliant. He worked for Apple, Cisco, just brilliant guy. And he says a term, and finally, you know, sometimes you can kind of fake it like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. But then he said a term, I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, our tribal knowledge is really suffering. It's making it difficult. I'm thinking, dude, I wasn't raised in Africa. I have no idea what tribal knowledge is. And this guy goes, I'm sorry, Graham. He goes, okay. He goes, right now, he goes, I work at this company. I've been there eight years. I'm a mechanical engineer. And he goes, we're doing a project for the Pentagon, and we're creating a part that's in a vehicle that's being launched to Mars. And so we're encountering problems that have never been dealt with before. And so we have a group of engineers, and there are about 20 of us. And when we sit down together, Graham, we refer to that in our industry as tribal knowledge. Because Joe and John over there, they were there in the NASA days, and they've got 40 years of experience each. And when we go around that room and we put all of our collective history, experience, problem-solving ability together in that one room, we have 400 years of problem-solving ability sitting right there for us. Graham, if I had to solve that problem on my own, I have eight years, I could look at it for 100 years and maybe never solve it. But in that room, with all that experience combined, we can find the solution. In a multitude of counselors, there's safety. Listen, we're better together. Some of us are trying to solve our financial problems on our own. And we only know what we know. Some of us are trying to solve our marriage problems on our own. We're trying to go through grief alone or go through a divorce alone. We're doing all these things, raising our kids alone. Out there in the lobby today, we've got all kinds of tribal knowledge just sitting there waiting for you to take advantage of it. And you might be saying, hey, you know what? Dude, I am fine, man. I'm doing great. I don't even need that. You know what? Listen, we all give something. You've got something to give somebody else. You bring something to the table. But listen, you never know what kind of curveball life might throw you next year, next month. You just don't know. You're going to need some people around you. I promise you that.
So here's where we close today. I want you to do two simple things for me today. Why do I say today? How many of you found out what you say for tomorrow never actually happens? How many of you have ever said, I will go on a diet? You gone on that diet yet? I haven't. I went up for half a day, but it didn't last. Come on, moms, dads, clean your room, Johnny. When a teenager says, I will clean the room, what does that mean? It ain't happening. It's not happening. What you put off, you know, for a better time, means you're not going to do it. Guys, this is so simple that even a monkey could do this. Two things you got to do to connect, because we're making it that easy for you. Sign up and show up. Sign up, show up, and there's a connect group out there that's custom fit for where you are at this season of your life right now. And if you get into a group and you don't like it, just do what the crawfish does. Just back on out and ease right on into another group. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you created us as part of a body. Lord, I'm just praying that not one of these people here um, would stay disconnected if they are disconnected. Lord, I'm praying that, that they would go deeper with one another. Lord, that you called us a family, Lord, and it's time to be what you called us. And so, Lord, I'm just praying if there's obstacles or barriers or, or past hurts and history that would hold somebody back from their today and from their tomorrow, Lord, would you help them to overcome that? Would you help them to connect? Would you help them to plug in, Father? Because you didn't just send them to Believer's Church just so they could sit in rows. You sent them here to be a part of your body and that they, Father God, carry significance in you. That's what the truth of the Scripture says. Therefore, it is true whether they believe it or not. And so, Father, I ask you to do that for each and every one of us today. Show us which group is the one we are to connect to. And while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you're here today, I just want to say something to you. If for some reason you never got connected to me, um, that wouldn't be that big of a deal. It wouldn't be a great loss. But I'm going to tell you something. If you never get connected to Jesus Christ, that's the greatest loss of all. And the Bible tells us that if anyone calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Saved from our sins. Saved from ourselves. And you might already believe in him, but you need to still call on him. You need to say what you believe. Call on the Lord. That's a promise that if you were to call out to him today, he would save you. He would come and meet you right here in this place this morning. And you know what? If you'd like to pray a prayer with me today and call on the Lord, I want to give you that opportunity right now to do that. Don't let anything hold you back. Just pray with me. And I promise you this, you will experience life, eternal life, and a life that you could have never imagined because that's who Jesus is. Church, will you help me pray as one? If you've never prayed this before and you want to pray it with me, just say these words. Just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I've been living without you. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you that you died for me on the cross. Thank you that my sins have been forgiven. I give you my guilt and my shame, and I accept you as my Savior. I believe that you rose from the dead, that you're alive today. Please come into my life now and help me to live the rest of my life with you and for you.
Amen. With every head bowed, every eyes closed right now, if you prayed that prayer here this morning for the very first time, prayed that prayer for the very first time, I just want to celebrate with you because heaven's celebrating your prayer right now. And if that's you, and you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just raise your hand wherever you are in this, this auditorium this morning? We're just going to look around and see if anybody here is saying, I prayed that prayer for the first time. just want to look around one more time. We're all good. Thank you so much, church. You can look up. Thank you for allowing me to pray. Um, we are so excited about what we've got coming, and Pastor Joe is going to come up and close us out right now. So let's welcome Pastor Joe. Let's give Graham a hand. Let's thank him for an incredible job. It was awesome, man. Great stories, great truth. I'm going to take just a couple more minutes and go over the connect groups, let you know what's out there. And this gives the Holy Spirit time to speak to your hearts. And uh, this is about connecting. It's about also spiritual education. And uh, so we have BC nights that are starting. We have these twice a year. They're 10-week sessions. Some of the groups go a little shorter than that. And we have a bunch of groups we offer in this building. We come on Wednesday nights at 7. We sing three worship songs. And then we disperse the different rooms and we have our groups. I'm not going to tell you with each leader how awesome they are. I'm just going to tell you up front, just to save time, every leader of every group is absolutely awesome. And uh, they do an incredible job. That's why they're leading. And uh, here's our first group. This group goes on all year round. It's Paramount. Ryan Cathers is our student pastor. You saw the advertisement. He's starting a series called Red Ink. Looks really, really good. This is for students and parents. I've raised four kids. My kids went uh, to private school, elementary, but they went to public school in junior high and high school, and they stay connected with God because of Paramount, because of kids mini or student ministry. And I want to encourage you to do everything in your power to get them here. Uh, I allowed my kids to stay up late and do their homework when they were arrived home, and they all had great grades. It didn't hinder them, but they got connected with God. So I encourage you to do everything you can. And you can come to a connect group also during BC Nights. Then we have next, we, this is a one-week course. It's just one week, uh, or one lesson, I should say. And uh, this is for people that want to know the next step to take here at Believers. So you can actually join another group, miss one night, and go to next during BC Nights. And it's absolutely an awesome group. You'll learn about all the opportunities and steps you can take. And then we have three parenting classes. I think this is so awesome. Uh, we have eight things no kids should leave home without. Uh, Wayne and Leona Byler will be teaching this, and uh, it's Joe McGee curriculum. It's exceptional. Then we have Have a New Teenager by Friday, and my wife Gina is teaching this, and it's curriculum by Dr. Kevin Lehman, and uh, this guy's serious, and so if you have any kind of, you know, what you might call communication issues with your teenager, incredible group to get into. And then we have Playing for Keeps, birth through age 18, Brad and Angus, Agnes uh, Clucky. This deals more with the elementary years of raising your kids. They're using the orange curriculum. And then we have marriage enhancement, uh, Dom and Tony D'Annunzio. You don't have to have problems in your marriage to go through this. It will make your marriage better. But if you do have problems, incredible, incredible course to go through. They use Pastor Mark Driscoll's Real Marriage. Really, really incredible curriculum. And then we have divorce care, Rand and Carol Berkey. And if you've recently walked through divorce, you don't feel healed. Incredible course to go through. Then we have cancer recovery, guys. And if you're recovering, Linda Paw will be leading this group uh, from cancer. It's a cancer support group. 
Then we have Celebrate Recovery, Luther Stubbs. He's uh, an addiction counselor, and this is for chemical or alcohol addiction. It's an incredible group. Then we have Financial Peace University. Dave Lewis is leading it. I could have also titled this Debt Recovery University, and uh, it's da Dave Ramsey's curriculum, the best I've ever gone through. It's changed, changed Gina and I's life. And then we have the Daniel Plan, and uh, this is Rick Warren curriculum. Last time we did this group, the group lost over 500 pounds. It deals with healthy, healthy eating, and it's incredible, but it, it's just a way to change your lifestyle. There's a workbook involved with this one. And then we have the BC Bible Study, and you'll see this on your seat. It shows you what's happening each night. You don't have to sign up for BC Bible Study, but it will be happening on Wednesday nights also. Then we have Biblical Foundations, Albert Crosby, and this goes through Andy Stanley curriculum called the Christian Great Foundational Teachings. And then we have this one, What on Earth Am I Here For? If you've ever wondered at, our worship pastor, Brandon Estelle, will be leading this group. This is Rick Warren curriculum. He wrote the most popular book in history, uh, The Purpose Driven Life, and he uses those techniques in this curriculum. And then we have a group I'm doing called Disciple. And uh, remember we, two weeks ago we talked about how routine leads to rhythm. I, I have done this group four times. It's been by invitation only, and it's been men that I've invited to this group. Now I'm opening it up to men and women, and it's a group that just helps us go to the next level spiritually, and I'm excited about it. If you want to go to that group, you can. Young adult men, Matt Wilden, will be going through Stephen Furtick's book, Greater, and, uh, and then we have men's group with Rick Fritz. This is a cool book. They're using Tony Dungy, <coughs> excuse me, and Pastor Greg Rochelle. <coughs> Sorry, Pastor Greg Rochelle curriculum. Then we have a woman's group. Mary Bush is teaching it, and she's going through weaknesses. God's, uh, your weakness is God's strength by Priscilla Shear. Incredible, incredible book. And I saved this one for last for BC Nights. These are all on Wednesday nights. Uh, we have a business leaders group. Tim Turos will be leading it. It's for people that have existing businesses, professionals, and then also if you want to start a business. Tim does this for a living. He has hundreds of businesses that he consults. He does their marketing plans for them. He also does their books, and he's doing this for free, guys. This is an incredible group if you're a business person. Then here's some groups on other nights. Uh, Financial Peace University is also offered on Monday nights with Bill and Henny Suter if you can't make the Wednesday night. And then we have three foodies group. This is always our most popular connect group. These guys go to restaurants and fellowship with each other. Jim and Judy Caminetti are doing a Saturday uh, night foodies group. Tom and Gal Wood are doing a Thursday night foodies group. And then we have a young adult one. Matt and Arianne Wilden are doing young adult couples on Friday night. So you can sign up for those if you want to connect. Last week I told you about this group, Holy Spirit One. Pastor Bill Carter is teaching it on uh, Tuesday nights. If you want to learn more about being filled with the Spirit, he goes through the book, The God I Never Knew. And then he has Holy Spirit Two, which is Thursday nights. And it, they're going through the book, Understanding the Anointing by Kenneth Hagin. Then we have a Sunday night fellowship, Tim Turos, who's doing the business group, and his wife, Elaine. They're opening up their home. They live in the Hubbard area. You don't have to live in Hubbard to go, but it's a great fellowship that they do. We have Tuesday daytime prayer. Tony Denunzio has been leading this for a long time, and if you want to pray on Tuesday mornings, you can. Then we have young adult women, Kristen Okerlin, on Tuesday nights, and they're going through all-in curriculum by Pastor Mark Batterson one of my favorite pastors out there. And then we have a Lake Milton Home Connect group. 
Dennis and Susan Miller. They're going to take what I teach on the weekend, and you're going to sit there, fellowship with each other right on the lake, and then uh, you're also just going to talk about how can we apply this to our life and that type of thing. And then we have grief recovery. My wife is teaching this on Saturday nights after church. They're going through the curriculum, Experiencing Grief, uh, ex Experiencing grief by Norman Wright. And then we have one more. It's the Bella House Abortion Recovery. Wendy Davis is teaching this. And it's a recovery group for women who have experienced an abortion. I'm excited about these groups, guys. Check them out out there. Talk to the leaders. If you need prayer when I dismiss, you can come up to the front for prayer. If you're visiting today, what a great weekend to visit. We have a free gift for you. When you go out into the West Lobby, there's the green wall on the other side of this wall. And right to the right, there's a table, smiling face. We have a BC mug. We want to give you as a gift. Thanks for coming today. Guys, you're dismissed. God bless you. Have an incredible week. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.